Welcome to the Sell Your Brilliance Summit, where we empower entrepreneurs to elevate their influence. We're here to ignite your entrepreneurial spirit and help you showcase your unique talents to the world. I'm your host, Michelle Parad, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this journey of unlocking your true potential. Enjoy this summit. I can't wait to connect with you. If you are one of those people that dislikes networking, this interview is for you. And we really dive into expressing our common dislike for social media and how it's currently being used. And Kara Steinman goes into how she forged authentic connections through networking on LinkedIn. She is a business development strategist and community builder who creates online spaces that make it easier for women entrepreneurs to build successful businesses they love without compromising their mental health. She believes the collective power of women is the key to dismantling systems of oppression and has made it her mission to remove the obstacles that keep women separate so we can build more wealth and amplify our impact together. She's doing some really fun stuff over at Ravel Collective, including the Purpose Playhouse. So definitely check her out. And I can't wait for you to learn some new perspectives on networking. Kara, thank you so much for coming to the Sell Your Brilliance Summit. I'm so excited to have you here. And today we're going to be talking about non-ick networking, how to build strategic relationships without feeling gross. So I already love the title of this. <laughs> and you and I just came back from Mexico. We were at the we travel, unofficial travel, yeah. <laughs> which was so much fun. And I recall just recently you took my archetype quiz and came out as a rebel, which I... So that was see, not surprising to me. <laughs> very much see that as a bit of who you are, but in particular, just someone who is a movement organizer and someone who is ready and willing to question how things are done in the past and how things are, how people are doing things all around you. And so I really appreciate that you are like going against the grain <laughs> And so I'd love to maybe start out by just asking you a little bit about your journey to now becoming this community organizer and business development strategist. Yeah, sure. Thanks, first of all, for having me, including me in this summit of yours. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, we had a good time in Mexico. So I'm excited to talk to you again so quickly. So my journey was probably like a lot of other people. I went to college and got a job and decided I was going to do the whole career thing, professional thing, and was super miserable and decided maybe being an entrepreneur was the way to go. And and that turned out not to be as easy as I thought it would be. It like At first, I think we have this idea sometimes that being our own boss is going to be easier, but it's just different. It's difficult in different ways. And I think one of the ways that we make it difficult for ourselves is by following patterns and following business strategies that work for other people. And that's what I did. I looked out and I said, what's everybody else doing here? How should I do this? And got to a point where I was working in marketing, doing retainer work and servicing clients. And I was absolutely horribly miserable. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where I, my, my path started to shift a little bit because I was like, I'm doing this thing the way everybody says to do it. And I'm very profoundly unhappy and mm-hmm. burned out. And so I started looking at what, what is it that I, me, should, I should be doing, not what anybody else should be doing just for myself, like questioning all of the things, the shoulds basically. Yeah, that's so true. I think all of us have to go through a bit of that journey of not just navigating the whole entrepreneurial world until we really land into what our groove and what our vibe is. And yeah, tell us a little bit more about how you are now leveraging LinkedIn and the way that you're doing it a little bit differently, I would say, than maybe some others or what the traditional LinkedIn <laughs> outreach books are are all about. Yeah. So. yeah, I don't, it's funny, I was talking, I went out to visit my dad yesterday and we were chatting about social media and we were both just, I just, we hate social media. I really do. I hate the idea that I have to spend a bunch of time create, because I don't enjoy creating content for social media. So it's not fun for me. And I don't think that when, like when you put that kind of energy into your content, it doesn't turn, like it's not magnetic, right? Yeah. So I don't create much content. I have a couple of VAs that post when interesting things happen, they'll share it on my, like on the Ravel page for on LinkedIn. But I use LinkedIn mostly as just a container to connect with people on. And I don't, I don't go on there and search for people to connect with. It's usually someone I'll find somewhere else or someone will like a book, an author, or someone's mentioned in a podcast or interviewed. And then I'll go to LinkedIn and look for them to connect. And if they're there, then it's just such an easy place to connect. And I think a lot of people hesitate to connect on LinkedIn directly because they're afraid of looking spammy or looking needy or salesy or whatever. But I don't think, I don't think it has to be that way. And when you reach out to someone very authentically and genuinely without an ask in mind, come at it from more of a generosity angle saying, I heard you on this podcast. I thought you were great. We should connect like very simply just to make that connection. It eliminates all the stress of it. And I really love and appreciate what you said about maybe just reaching out to people that interest you with an article or a book or something that you came across and not being afraid to reach out to even influencers and things like that without the agenda. Totally. And this is where, this is where everyone's individual strategy comes in. And so for some people, it might be easier to create a content strategy and put content out there and having, have a list of people that you want to connect with. But my personality is a little bit more agile and I really like, I'm curious and I like to learn. So I'm always discovering new people and new things. And so I find LinkedIn a very easy place to connect with people directly where it's very likely that it probably is them unless it's Oprah or something. It is probably them in their, behind their personal page, but just very organically, like this person's interesting and connect. There's no like hidden agenda there. Yeah. That. It, it definitely humanizes the whole process because I have to say like recently I've been experimenting with AI and just thinking that's maybe a potential shortcut. And I've found that instead it just makes it 
very stale as far as my outreach goes, because you Mm -hmm. can't personalize those messages. If it's just sending a blast kind of to everyone, yes, there is some efficiency that goes into that. But ultimately, it's a little bit more work just even sifting out (laughs) what just happened (laughs) with the AI. And so I think there is some room for improvement with that as it gets more sophisticated. Um, well, plus, I think this is a really important concept for people to understand is that when we're on LinkedIn, we're not prospecting. That's not what it's for. It's networking, which means we're not looking for people to sell to on this platform. We're looking to connect with people who have complementary businesses to us or who we can build a relationship with that is mutually beneficial in some way. And when we come onto that platform looking to sell to people, that's when we get the spammy DMs that are like, hey, buy my stuff. I'm so awesome. But when you change that mindset around why we're there, it gets just it's just a friendly container online where there's a bunch of people hanging out and you're looking for the very it's not a numbers game, right? So we just we don't want a ton of people anyway. We just want a handful of really great connections that we can nurture. That's such a good point. And I think I read in one of your articles is maybe even sift out some of the people that you yeah. don't as part of. <clears throat> That's an unpopular thing that I recommend. That <laughs> I think everybody should do it. And I'm about to have to do it again. Like five, four or five years ago when I started getting more interested in LinkedIn again, because I've been on forever, but I used to work in marketing agencies and that's when I would accept a connection request from anybody because it was new and we didn't really know what we were doing with this platform yet. But I decided to get more more active on there and I had thousands of connections to people I didn't even really know or necessarily want to connect with and old bosses and people that I don't really want people seeing what I'm up to unless I want to connect with them. So I went through and I culled my contacts I or connections. I disconnected with over 600 people and ended up with, I think I had 1100 connections or something like that. And so I ended up with like four, 400 and something. And now it's back up over a thousand and it's too many because there's too many people in there that just aren't relevant to what I like, what I want to see and what I want to interact with. Wow. You just gave me some homework to do. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It took me like three, took me like three or four hours, but I did it over the course of two or three evenings on the couch, just like disconnect. Yeah, it's so interesting and important because I as well came from a totally different background that was more corporate. And now I'm in this kind of spiritual realm and combining it with strategy and really not everyone. It's hard to tell who would and who wouldn't appreciate, but a lot of my past history of of people are not necessarily who I would be networking with today. And so- Exactly. And people can follow you. Like I have a lot of people following me that I'm not connected to, which is fine. They can, if they want to follow and see what I'm up to, that's okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be connected or follow them. So it just clutters up your feed so that you don't really want to spend time on there because there's so much information. We're on information overload. I can barely open my email anymore without being like, like all these conversations happening all over the place. It really is like such a distraction for sure to just be bombarded with things that you're, you're not even really in or want. 
But that's why also, that's also why the referrals are, I just think they keep getting more and more powerful, like personal referrals. I just gave someone a personal referral this morning to a divorce mediator who's a friend of mine. And I, it's so much less intimidating to go, hey, do you know somebody who does this? Instead of going to Google and being like, there's 15 options here. How do I figure this out? If the information overload. Yeah. So in fact, maybe people are going less to Google. Yeah. I I guess I would even argue like SEO is going to potentially be less and less important (laughs) as a marketing strategy, but we'll see. I don't know. Um, I don't know. SEO is interesting. That's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down. I feel like it could be like now just AI or just human referrals at this point as oh I can just go into chat GPT and it'll give me the top or whatever some options <laughs> I don't know uh, things definitely are shifting yeah tell me a little bit more about I was super interested in you were saying creating like mi- micro communities even within LinkedIn or outside of LinkedIn as well as a way of networking yeah. Can you get, go a little bit into, um, yeah, yeah, I think, okay. So when we think of communities online, we, th- or like groups, we think of Facebook and the idea is that you get a Facebook group. I don't recommend Facebook groups, by the way, just because it's really hard for people to be vulnerable on Facebook. When I built Ravel, I built it decentralized on circle and now we're in Slack too, but because I didn't want to be, I didn't want anybody to be censored or, to feel like they couldn't be themselves and say whatever they wanted to say. And when we're on Facebook and and LinkedIn to a certain extent, we're looking at political conversations. We're looking at maybe our uncles fighting with our aunt or whatever, and we're scrolling through that. And then we're trying to jump into a little group and try to be vulnerable. And I just don't switch gears that fast. So I think the idea though, when you're thinking about communities is everybody wants more people, right? Like the number has has to be more, but I would argue that less is probably more powerful right now. And on LinkedIn, like you mentioned, you can make little micro communities. I have several like chats in there where there are five or 10 women and we're all, we all got on there because we're talking about one particular thing, or we were in a mastermind together or something like that. And so we're still in this like little community, which is really just a container online. And You can have them on text threads, in Voxer, anywhere where you can put anytime you have more than two people together, you've got a little community of people. It's yeah, that is so powerful. I have to say, look at our Slack channel or not Slack. You and I went to Mexico with four other women. So there were six of us and we have our WhatsApp channel that we are a WhatsApp group that we chatted on and we've gotten home and we're still chatting on that channel a little bit. So that's a little container, like a micro container within Ravel. Right. I think often we overcomplicate it and I think it stops people from creating communities because they're like, I've got to have 600 or 1,000 people for it to be a legitimate out out there publicly seen community. Totally. Um, But yeah, the bigger it gets, the the harder it is to quality control as well, Mm -hmm. because you do at the end of the day want probably like-minded individuals. Definitely. I think the the most important thing I found in making like community work and feel safe is the shared core values mm-hmm. because you can have all kinds of personalities in there as long as their intentions are 
the same. Like they're, and, and our core values drive our behavior so much. I don't even like to think of them as core values because I think corporate America kind of ruined that for us with the posters and like all the core values that nobody ever acts on. But if we think of them as drivers, core drivers, they really, you can, if someone's core values or drivers, you can predict their behavior, that how they're going to act, what they're going to do. That's so true. That's a lot to, of what part extent. That's what marketing <laughs> likes to really evaluate people to, to their deep inner workings and maybe to a certain degree manipulate that information, but that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> not <laughs> so, here. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's really, I, I really appreciate your authentic approach. I think it's really refreshing and I frankly don't, I don't see it being done that often, even though I think at the end of the day, that's what people really, really, truly desire. They really want their tribe, people that they can come to with questions or or whatever it is to, to find some support. And yeah, oftentimes I see communities that are maybe centered around an individual or a guru or something like that, who's sending out content and maybe that can be called something else or there are other ones where it's it could end up being just a resource hub at the end of the day maybe it's not called a community but it's just information that people are exchanging on but I think what you're talking about here is truly this kind of more tribal vibe where people are yeah, like you said, being more vulnerable. And I think that takes a special kind of space creation as well to allow people to be imperfect and to say what's on their mind. Yeah, I feel like I I try to lead by example because I I figure everybody will just, even though it's, you're talking about the guru thing, it's, and that's very much not what Ravel's about because I'm not in there coaching. It's not a coaching container. It's not, I'm not in there trying to say, like, I have my philosophies around networking and that's the way that I run Ravel, but I, I act that way in Ravel. I'm not trying to sell anybody. And I hope that we don't see people in there trying to sell each other. We share what we've got going on sometimes, but a lot of times it's personal. We're talking about personal things because we're people right? And and while we think about our businesses a lot, I don't think there has to be so much separation between personal and business. And I would rather be friends with people I'm networking with because it's a whole lot more enjoyable than the alternative. Definitely. Yeah. And, and you never know what that leads to at the end of the day. Like you said, I'd rather refer someone from directly from Ravel than from anywhere else. Yeah. Just of the the depth of relationships that that can be built. You want to know people well enough to know whether they have a high quality product or service. Also, you don't want to be, we don't want to refer people to people who are going to give them poor service. That just ruins our reputation. I think we need to take back the word networking. If you look in the dictionary, it means relationship building relationships, relationship building. But when I still, I'm totally guilty of this. When I think of the word networking, a man in a suit with a business card pops into my head and I'm got a like icky, I've got a gross cup of coffee in my hand and I'm, he's close talking me and telling me about his business and asking me, what can I do? How can I help you? What can I do for you today? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm a deer in the headlights because that's uncomfortable. And I just think it's gross and we don't have to do it that way. 
Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It has a bad rep, but when you're truly just building relationships that at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about here. And it doesn't mean they don't have to be like, they can be strategic. We don't have like Ravel is a networking community for women's service entrepreneurs. We've got marketers and bookkeepers and people that provide some kind of service to people, consultants and things like that. We don't have product-based businesses in there because that's not who we're networking with. They're not in a necessarily a strategic position to refer us. So that's, so that's some helpful as well. I guess for anyone who's like trying to start a community, it's helpful to be, get really clear about, of course, like who you're self-targeting, but also who belongs within your community as well and, and getting very specific about the values, but also who you're trying to attract at the end of the day. Any other advice that you might have for anyone just starting out trying to develop their own community? I would say probably figure out what the transformation is that you want everyone to achieve that they could not achieve alone. So that's like what you need in a community is you need to have a transformation on the horizon that you are all trying to reach that you could not reach alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense <laughs> for sure. It's not just a sales funnel <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah, no, it's definitely not a sales funnel. And like we all, we buy from each other in Ravel. We do buy from each other. I've purchased a lot of products from our services from our, from members and they've purchased from me, but it's not, that's not the reason we're in there. The other thing too, is I would say probably have like a vetting system. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I think Ravel is working so well is that I personally vet, there's an application process and I personally vet each person. I look at their website, I look at the language they're using, comp, what kind of content are they putting on social media? Who is this person and what kind of values are they going to bring to the group? Are they, what are they driven by basically? And you can really figure that out if you look at someone, there's a lot of information about people online. Absolutely. Yeah. And think- talking to them, obviously. No, I definitely think the future is is all about these like different micro communities coming together. So I'm really excited for that to be the new version of marketing. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because marketing is not working as the same way that it used to. It's definitely things are weirder right now. Yeah, there, it's just hard to know what the future is going to entail, right? We might be reliant on one particular strategy and that could just totally go away. Totally. As technology improves or things change. But the one thing that doesn't change is your relationships or building those. And in general, we have a deficit of connection out there in the world. So anytime you have something that's scarce, people are going to want it. So I do think that building communities is is definitely the next like frontier here. For sure. Yeah. And genuine communities that people actually want to spend time in and connect with other people in. Right. Exactly. I'm so excited for all that is to come within your community. Anything else you want to share with the audience about entrepreneurship or yeah, how to be authentic to themselves? (laughs) Sure. I think here, I'll say this. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. We're never like, it's not this, it's not this destination that we get to. And then everything's just built and running perfectly forever. Like, I think 
as humans, we're going to evolve and change and learn more about ourselves all the time. And the landscape of business changes. And so we are going to constantly be making little tweaks to the business and maybe making big tweaks to the business and pivoting and stuff. And that's okay. And it's okay to be messy about it too. Experiment, make mistakes, just try stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you and I are both super fans of personality tests and all the different kinds of quizzes that are potentially out there to, to help us get to know ourselves better. And I think the more that we get to know ourselves, the more our perception changes of what we should do in business as well. I've definitely seen that transformation for many different people I've worked with and come across. Um, And yeah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and everyone should definitely pick up your non-LinkedIn networking playbook. There is a lot of gems in there. So do look that up and I will share all of your links and anything else that anywhere else that people can find you. You're mostly... The easiest way to connect with me directly is just LinkedIn. My website is ravelcollective.com is where I hang out a lot, but my personal website too, where I have the links to my consulting and stuff is karasteinman.com. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Talk to you soon.